0: Amen. So thankful for uh, this musical worship team. They're all volunteers, uh, and they do it out of worship. Let's just give them a hand. We are so grateful. Thank you. The worship really comes across. And I love that last song. Uh, that became the abolitionist anthem, Change Shall He Break, written in 1850. And I just love that uh, this church goes back three, almost 300 years uh, and was part of the abolitionist movement. That is such a powerful meeting of the darkness with the light. Of Christ, And that's what tonight is all about. And that's what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes. Uh, The light collides with the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Uh, Those are the words from John's gospel I want to draw your attention to. But they explain a lot of things, not only about the narrative of the Bible, but about this season. So let's just look at them from John chapter 1. This is about Jesus Christ, and it says, In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And then if you would read with me verse 5, this is the text I want to open up to us. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, this explains a little bit something that I've, I've learned about Christmas. It is the, the best of times, but also often a time that is hard it is a time of lightheartedness. It is a time of heaviness. Uh, it, it's the most wonderful time of the year and the worst. I, I, you know, Some people go all out crazy. The craziest story I heard about decorating a house uh, was every single room was decorated, uh, but when you went into the bathroom, uh, and there were men in this house, obviously, <laughs> there was a motion detector toilet seat cover, Santa Claus. Don't look for this on Amazon. It's too late to get it this year. Uh, But um, when the seat was up um, and detected someone standing in front of the commode, Santa went, ho, ho, ho. But if the seat was left down, Santa went, no, no, no. (laughs) And that was the motion detector Santa. And I heard that story with people laughing until they were crying about this sweet, proper Episcopalian church lady who decorated her bathroom this way but I heard that story at her funeral. I heard that story through tears of laughter and tears of sadness. And here is, here is the truth. Um, it used to mystify me, honestly. Like I would wonder as a kid, because so many people made an effort to make Christmas special, I'd be like, but why is grandma crying over there? Why is, is the one who's bringing so much joy also sad? And it took me a while to realize Uh, first of all, what was going on. It's the most wonderful time of year because God is with us, but it's the most miserable time of year because it makes poignant and real and felt those who we're without. And this verse in John tells us that Christmas is not about somehow becoming good enough that we can outweigh the bad, but Christmas is, is about a collision course where light enters into our place of darkness and light conquers it. It is the most stark-eyed, realistic view of the world, though it has all of this magical joy, but it is realistic because it is the only counterpunch. It's, Jesus is not the consolation prize for darkness. He is the counterpunch and the conqueror of darkness. Uh, some of you know I just was on a, a 15,000 mile errand to bring encouragement to a part of the world where the church is mighty but very small. It's 2%. And, and in, the, in this part of the, uh, of, of the world, we, we kept it a little hushed, the exact uh, location of it, uh, because around 2015, uh, forces in this part of the world um, expelled. Um, all of the funds and resources that were sustaining orphans. If you're aware of the group uh, Compassion International, they worked as hard as they could to prevent this from happening, but they, because they had 148,000 children who did not have mother or father or family, and they were dependent upon these funds coming. And yet this nation organized and said, no, we will not allow any funds uh, that are coming from the United States to minister to these orphans. And so many of these orphans went up with nobody to provide anything, not roof over their head, not schooling, not porridge for them, and no funds allowed whatsoever. And as as I went there, um, uh, somebody Uh, sent me this flyer, this was a flyer, all over a a suburb of Dallas, Texas. And it said, Gala Annual Dinner Fundraiser. Uh, Some proceeds will go to bless our firefighters and our first responders and policemen, but we are raising funds to stamp out Christianity in the very place that I was going. We won't accept funds to care for our orphans from the United States, but we will accept funds to stamp out a fledgling movement of Christianity. And my friends, that is an apt description. There is no other name so opposed in our world, irrationally and in darkness, like the name of Jesus. He comes and and there is a sense of knowing that um, he is on a collision course with all that is of darkness. But I want to just draw your attention tonight to who wrote these words, because this one-sentence summary of Christmas, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it, is written by the apostle John. And there are many distinctive things about him. When someone makes a, a claim like this to summarize Jesus, I want to know something about them. Here's what you can know. Do you know John was the youngest recruit as the disciple of Jesus? And at this point in his life, he had served Uh, the longest he had served maybe seven decades he may be in his 90s now joining jesus when he was a teenager and he had outlived every single other of the apostles he had watched all of his peers there may be somebody here tonight who has seen all of their siblings all of their peers all of their generation pass. they've attended all of those funerals john saw it um, from a distance but not only that Um, He saw great things like the Apostle Paul's conversion, but then he also lived to see the Apostle Paul beheaded by Nero. He saw great things in that he got to teach in the temple courts with Jesus, but then a few decades later, he saw that temple sacked by Rome, not a single stone left on the other. He saw his nation taken hostage by outside forces and every youth under the age of 17 was enslaved uh, and the rest of the nation um, dragged away from the nation. Um, John speaks these words not from a distance of somebody who hadn't experienced suffering but he had lost all of his kin. Um, He had lost his colleagues. He had lost his Culture he had lost his country, he had lost all of these things, and likely may even be writing these words from an island where he 's banished, and he has the confidence in the one that he followed to say, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it i don 't know what losses you may have suffered over the last year or two years or three years. But I, but I learned not to um, try to glide past Christmas and either uh, just focus on what's frothy. And I've learned not to resist the losses and griefs, but I've learned the best way to deal with that and, and, and from this verse is to, is to stare in the face our losses, to thank God maybe for what we've had, but then to pivot and focus on the one who is more than equal to what we've lost and grieved. That's how Christmas speaks to our universal condition. And and John writes these words as the prelude to the biography of Jesus. Uh, John's biography, in many ways, has been one of the most influential, certainly one of the most influential biographies of all history, 20 pages long. And for 20 centuries, those 20 pages have persuaded people from every level of education, from every culture, from every country, that the only explanation for the life of Jesus is the one that John gave, that Jesus was God uniquely in the flesh, that Jesus is the one the Bible says, the fullness of deity, not partial deity, not junior varsity deity, not like the Father's the varsity deity and Jesus is somehow less, but the fullness of deity took up residence. In the words of John Wesley, our God contracted to a span, incomprehensibly became a man. And John's 20 pages have convinced people. I dare say, it, there's, I don't think anybody here who has the ambition that says, hey, 2,000 years from now, I'd like three quarters of the universe, the world to know my name. Anybody that ambitious? <laughs> Is anybody here saying, uh, hey, 2,000 years from now, I would like a quarter of the population of the human race to center their lives around me? (laughs) Or 2,000 years from now, I would like my body of teaching and material to be the most influential teaching in all of the world. Anybody that ambitious? (laughs) If you were that ambitious, how would you go about it? (laughs) How would you live your life So that 2,000 years later, a quarter of the world would base their entire life upon you. And if you were going to make up a figure, how would you make up a figure that people would then base their life and be willing to die for 2,000 years later? Impossible. Jesus Christ is is the explanation And and he comes as the one who it says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. This very idea that Jesus was life speaks of of also his claim. When he he was uh, describing himself in John, he described himself as the great I am. Speaking of of the name that was unmentionable. You know, the name I am is the name God gave to Moses when Moses said, who shall I say is, is speaking to me? And God said, I am that I am from the burning bush. And, and Jesus, seven times through John, said, I am. I am the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the bread of life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. And he even said, before Abraham was, I am And that very word I am picks up when God was giving his name, out of all the 22 Hebrew letters, he chose the the ones that had no hard sound behind them, that sounded like a breath, uh, many said the uh, the Jews in reverence for this said you can't even say who that name is, but, but in him was the life, in him was the name that really sounds like what we sound like when we breathe. And some people said that name Yahweh is not so much spoken uh, as it is uh, what we experience when we take our first breath.
1: <gasps> yeah.
0: <sighs> and that Jesus, in claiming that that is his name, was in a sense showing that he is the God who originates all life. There is no no predecessor. There is no successor for Jesus. And and tonight we're celebrating the moment when God touched down upon this planet in the person of Jesus. One spoken word artist puts it this way, and I, I love their phrase for this. It says, he asked the question, he says, was there a moment known only to God when all the stars held their breath, when all the galaxies paused in their dance for a fraction of a second, and the eternal word who had called it all into being went with all his love into the womb of a young girl and the universe started to breathe again and the ancient harmonies resumed their song and the angels clapped their hands for joy. Jesus' claims are unparalleled. There is no parallel to Jesus. You know, in, in, in other categories, you can claim a, a parallel. You can say Muhammad Ali. You can say, sort of say yeah, but George Foreman. Or you could say, uh, I say LeBron James. Somebody else can say, well, I say Michael Jordan. Uh, somebody else can say, you know, I say Tupac Shakur. I say Jay-Z. Uh, or, or, or maybe, I don't know, you want a little culture? You could say, I say uh, Isaac Perlman, and you say Isaac Stern, violin, right? Or, or I say Luciano Pavarotti, and somebody else says, but I say Andrea Bocelli. <laughs> or, you know, our or, or, or kids, you know, you can say, I say SpongeBob, you say Rugrats. <laughs> I say Chick fil A, you say Popeyes. Now I'm getting some of you. <laughs> but if I say Jesus, there is no answer to Jesus. There is no one who can dwell in the same stratosphere of our conversation, no one who has ever come close Who who is Jesus, the greatest person in history? He's been said, Jesus had no servants, yet they called him master. Jesus had no degree, yet he was called teacher. He had no medicines, yet he was the healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. He was buried in a tomb, yet he lives today. The incomparable nature of Jesus, and he comes to us not saying, get your act together, but he comes saying, I am light ready to shine on your darkness. All you have to do to receive his life is to take down the barricades and receive him in grace. Who is Jesus? In chemistry, he turned water to wine. In biology, he was born without normal conception. In physics, he disproved the law of gravity by walking on on water and ascending into heaven. In economics, he disproved the law of diminishing returns by feeding 5,000 men with two fishes and five loaves of bread. In medicine, he cured the sick and the blind without administering a single dose of drugs. In history, he's the beginning and the end. In government, it says that uh, the government is on his shoulders and the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Have Have you ever heard of such a thing? A government that increases but also increases in peace. There's no wars, there's no battles, there's no coercion, there's no manipulation. In the day of his power, people freely volunteer to give their whole lives to him. There is no one like Jesus. There is no one close. He is the greatest person in all, all of history. And here's what this text says to us right now. It says, the light shines in the darkness. Right now, this moment. It's the only present tense word in this first chapter of John, where he says, though he was crucified, though he was deserted, though he's persecuted, though it often looks like, as CK, G.K. Chesterton said, it often looks like the church has gone to the dogs. G.K. Chesterton said, there have been at least five ages in church history where it looks like the church has gone to the dogs, and if you just wait long enough, you find out the dogs died. And Jesus lives! Because he is incomparable. He can't be thwarted even by our mess and our failures and our rebellion. And right now, according to this great text of scripture, Jesus Christ shines in our darkness. He is not telling anybody in this room to clean up your act, sort out all of your doubts, get your life straightened up. He says, I will shine on you. And the question is, will you let him? John says in that chapter one, he says, to all who received him, he gave the right, amazing language here, to all who received him, he gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent, you don't gotta come from a great family, (laughs) not of human decision, you don't even have to be smart enough to figure it out, Or a a husband's will, but born of God. Will you let the light of Jesus shine on you? And we're going to dim these lights. And we're going to reenact what this verse says. And we're going to dim the lights and show that there is one light that towers beyond all others. The Christ candle that we began this service with. And we're gonna pass this light the same way that hearts receive it. You know that the heart that receives the light has to bow. And as we bow and as we pass this light, we reenact the gospel of Jesus Christ. As the ushers come forward, please pray with me. Our great God and heavenly Father, we thank you for the incomparable light of Jesus Christ. We thank you that he comes giving us the opposite of what we deserve or would have earned. And he would come, Lord, with a readiness and desire to enter every heart. Enable us, O Lord, if there has been any barricade by our own conceit, by our own sense of failure or unworthiness, Lord, would you remove that and enable us to lift up the gates of our lives that as we sing and worship you and as we pass this light, we might freshly receive you in Jesus' name. Amen. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and without him nothing was made that was made. He's the uncreated light. And that word entered into our world as the light through the life of Jesus Christ. And so now, as we pass this light to one another, uh, we come spreading the one eternal light of Jesus Christ to each other, join with us in worship as you pass the light.
1: Silent night,
2: i
0: Merry Christmas! You can gently extinguish these prop candles and leave here by lifting your hearts up to the one who truly is the light that is more than the match for all the darkness. And let me place this blessing upon you. So lift up your hearts and receive this benediction. Now may Jesus Christ, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, may he be received deeply into our hearts. May we experience the light that lightens every load. And may we walk in his grace and his peace and his purpose. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas again. Merry Merry Christmas.